It was in the middle of March, a couple of weeks into the lockdown. I was not really sure what was going on, but I knew that it wasn't right. I was having difficulty sleeping. I was thinking about it all the time. And then, three in the morning, I woke up. I had to find out what was going on. Um, I certainly don't trust the news anymore. It just didn't add up for me. And the more and more I started to study, I started to connect the dots. And I felt in my heart that I needed to research and discover what's really going on behind COVID-19. There's something that's transitioning. You know, there's an agenda that's going on. Who do you trust? We need to wake up, search for yourself, because what is happening is serious. I spent hours searching, reading, and this is a very humble attempt to try to explain to others what I've come to find out. We had been in lockdown for a couple weeks already, and so I started searching on the internet. And the first thing I discovered about it was an event called Event 201. It was held in October 2019. And they had uh, business leaders, military leaders, political leaders, uh, scientists, doctors, um, a whole gamut of different people. And they're brainstorming together of how to deal with this pandemic seemed like they were more concerned with how to control the narrative. They were saying, you know, how, how can we as governments draw a line between misinformation and proper information? And they decided it would be good if there was like one group that they could sort of control the narrative. And they, they thought the World Health Organization fitted the bill. And uh, the general uh, sitting down at the table, he thought, you know, they need to take this on a war footing. It's really a, a war footing that we need to be on. And enforce a martial type law. It can happen quickly, a martial type plan. They, how they needed really to step up, to, up against fake news and deal with what they called the anti-vaccine movement, which was quite strong. And initially my thought was, wow, Bill Gates really had a lot of insight. Then the next thing that I that I found was a document written by the Rockefeller Foundation in 2010. And it was entitled, Scenarios for the Future of Technology and International Development. Within this document, they had four different scenarios. One of them was called Lockstep. Quote, it says, scenarios for the world of a tighter top-down government control and a more authoritarian leadership with limited innovation and growing citizen pushback. Predicting in 2012, a pandemic that has finally hit for years. So they just, wow, it finally came. Infecting nearly 20% of the global population and killing 8 million people. I think, you know, that's interesting. Because I thought in Event 201, they talked about, I can't remember whether it was 8 million or 10 million people, but it was a similar type of scenario. And, uh, it goes on to say in the report that the pandemic also had a deadly effect on economies. International mobility of both people and goods screeched to a halt. Debilitating industries like tourism and breaking food supply chains. 
Uh, even locally, normally bustling shops and office buildings sat empty for months. The United States' initial policy of strongly discouraging citizens for flying proved deadly uh, in its leniency. However, few countries did fare better, China in particular. The Chinese government a quick imposition and enforcement of mandatory quarantine for all citizens. National leaders around the world flexed their authority and imposed airtight rules and restrictions from the mandatory wearing of face masks to body temperature checks at entry points of community spots like train stations and supermarkets. Um, they wanted to say that even after the pandemic faded, the more authoritarian control and oversight of citizens and their activities stuck and even intensified. At first, the notion of a more controlled world gained wide acceptance and approval. Uh, citizens willingly gave up some of their sovereignty and their privacy for more paternalistic states in exchange for greater safety and stability. So anyway, so I read this report, even though Event 201 was talking about a pandemic that started in South America, and the Rockefeller's report talked about a pandemic that started in China. They seemed very, very similar. I wonder what Bill Gates and the Rockefeller Foundation have in common, you know, even though it's you know, nine years apart. The first thing I discovered was that they're actually related. Bill Gates is connected to the Rockefellers. I thought, oh, that's interesting. Uh, the next thing I discovered was that both Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the Rockefeller Foundation were foundational partners of a project called ID2020. Now ID2020 is an ID certification mark which they plan to inject into every person on the planet by 2030. And so what this technology will involve is yes, first of all, it's a digital ID for everyone on the planet. It's also a platform for vaccinations. Um, they have what's referred to as a quantum dot tattoo, which will hold people's health and vaccination records. And the way they can read this, because uh, the ID uh, 2020 uh, certification mark is inserted in the hand, is uh, an enzyme called luciferase. And uh, what it does is it has a bioluminescence. So when they hold uh, like a smartphone with a particular app over it, it illuminates. And so they can read what's on that chip. Um, they're also s stating that this digital ID will replace cash, credit cards, uh, using only digital cryptocurrency. As I continued to research, I found a Microsoft patent now, uh, the name of this patent uh, is WO2020060606, and it's a cryptocurrency system using body activity data. You can see the link there yourself. And I, I you know, personally, I thought, you know, I think this is the mark of the beast. So I don't know if you're familiar with the Bible or the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 13, verses 11 to 18, this is what it says regarding the end of the age as we know it. Then the statue of the beast, it commanded that everyone refusing to worship it must die. He required everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on the right hand or on the forehead, 
You gotta kind of imagine the fact that this, the book of Revelation was actually written you know, 2,000 years ago in the right hand or on the forehead without which you cannot buy or sell. The next thing I discovered was the World Economic Forum's website is intelligence.weform.org. On this website, World Economic Forum, which is a global think tank, what they've put together here is a comprehensive plan on how to deal with the coronavirus outbreak globally. But they also have an annual meeting, and the people that go to those meetings are like our Prime Minister, the Prime Minister of Canada, US presidents, leaders in the EU, um, the who's who of the global zoo go there. And these are the thoughts that they are thinking, and this is what they're planning together. And so you'll see when you're on the website, several things like global governance and, you know, another one of these has to do with civic participation. And uh, any one of these links has 200 links that go below them. But this one particularly concerned me regarding civic participation. And this is what it says. No one will enter the new world order unless he or she will make a pledge to worship Lucifer. No one will enter the new age unless he will take a Luciferian initiation. This is a quote by David Spangler, director of Planetary Initiative United Nations. What? They're not even hiding it. This is Revelations 13 and 14. What do you do with that? You know, what Jesus talked about in the book of Revelation is actually coming to pass in our day. Now, what are you going to do with information like that? I believe, read the Bible for yourself and open up your heart and seek to know the truth. And the truth is Jesus. It says, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So let me encourage you to open up your heart to Jesus. Now, let me give you a little bit of prelude to what I'm going to talk about in my next video. You know, we've talked about the shock and awe of what's going on already. But in the next video, I want to talk to you about who really rules the world and what is their agenda. You know a little bit of it, but who are they? What is their agenda? And I'm going to be talking about the UN, the WHO, the Bilderberg Group, and the Illuminati. The affirmative task we have now is, uh, is to actually um, uh, create uh, uh, a new world order. Both Bill Gates and the Rockefellers are both involved in what's called the Bilderberg Group. This group started in 1954, and it was literally the most powerful men that met in the world for the first time. And together they debated the future of the world and they decided that let's do this every year and meet annually in secret. The who's who of power elites from North America, Canada, and Western Europe. And you would recognize some of the names, at least I did, uh, that are regular attenders of the Bilderberg Group. David Rockefeller, Henry Kissinger, Bill Clinton, Angela Merkel, Barack Obama, uh, George Soros, it's customary that they would have heads of state, you know, 
congressmen, NATO, European royalty, different leaders of media networks. Also top figures from groups within United States government. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of them before, the uh, Council on Foreign Relations. Together they discuss the war, the markets. They would say things that would never be printed or verbalized out in public. It is a private, aristocratic type group. You know, primarily between Europe and North America and Canada. They are deciding on the fate of the world. Their goal is actually to loot the planet and achieve fabulous wealth and power and to crush all challengers to it. Besides military dominance, controlling the world's money is absolutely crucial when it comes to absolute control. Just like, um, you know, the 19th century Rothschild family a patriarch once said, give me control of a nation's money and I don't care who makes its laws. And so it's literally the elite of the elite, 80 of the most powerful people, most valued are asked back and some first timers are chosen for their possible later usefulness. Like Arkansas Governor Bill Clinton, for example. He was invited in 1991. There, David Rockefeller told him why North America Free Trade Agreement was a Bilderberg priority and that the group needed him to support it. The next year, Clinton was elected president. And on January 1st, 1994, NAFTA took effect. Numerous other examples are similar, including who gets chosen for powerful government and military and other key positions. The group's grand design is for one world government, world company, if you will, and a single global marketplace policed by a one world army and financially regulated by a one world central bank using one global currency. Their wish list includes one international identity, one set of universal values, uh, centralized control of world populations by mind control, new world order with no middle class, only rulers and servants, and of course, no democracy. A zero growth society with prosperity or progress, only greater wealth and power for the rulers. Together as Bilderbergers, they actually manufacture crisis and perpetual wars. They control education, they control uh, domestic policies, and they use the UN as a de facto world government in order to impose a UN tax on world citizens. They use the UN as a de facto world government imposing a UN tax on world citizens, expanding NAFTA and uh, WTO globally, making uh, NATO into a world military, imposing a universal legal system and a global welfare state where obedient slaves will be rewarded and nonconformists targeted. Secret Bilderberg partners in the US, the Council of Foreign Relations, CFR as I mentioned before, is the dominant one. Out of its CFR, 1921 founders, this is going back, you know, 100 years, Edward Mandel House was Woodrow Wilson's chief advisor and rumored at that time to be the nation's real power from 1913 to 1921. And on his watch, this is important, the Federal Reserve Act passed in December 1913, giving money creation power to the bankers, and the 16th Amendment was ratified in February, creating the federal income tax to provide a revenue stream to pay for government debt service. 
From its beginning, CFR was committed to one world government based on a centralized global financing system. Today, CFR has thousands of influential members, including important ones in the corporate media. You wonder why you hear the same song and dance through all the corporate media. The uh, corporate media need to keep a very low profile at these meetings, especially regarding its real agenda. The Trilateral Commission is a similar group that brings together global power brokers founded by David Rockefeller. Committee members for foreign relationships have included nearly all presidential candidates from both parties, leading senators and congressmen, key members of the fourth estate and their bosses, top officials of the FBI, CIA, NSA, defense establishment and other leading government agencies, including state, commerce and the treasury. For its part, the CFR has served as a virtual employment agency for federal government for both Democrats and Republicans. Whoever occupies the White House, CFR's power and agenda has been unchanged since 1921 founding. CFR advocates a global super state with America and other nations sacrificing their sovereignty to a central power. CFR founder uh, Paul Warmberg was a member of Rosenfeld's Brain Trust. In 1950, his son James told the Senate a Foreign Relations Committee, we shall have world government whether you like it or not, by conquest or consent. Later in 1992 Bilderberg Group meeting, Harry Kissinger uh, said, today uh, Americans would be outraged if UN troops entered Los Angeles to restore order. Tomorrow they will be grateful. This is especially true if they were told there was an outside threat from beyond. This is then that all people of the world will plead with the world leaders to deliver them from this evil. Individual rights will be willingly relinquished for the guarantee of their well-being granted to them by their world government. This is also very important about what Harry Kissinger has to say. Harry Kissinger also spoke about reducing the world population by vaccines in a speech to the World Health Organization on February 25, 2009. Quote, once the herd accepts mandatory forcible vaccination, it's game over. They will accept anything forcible blood or organ donation. For the greater good, we can genetically modify children and sterilize them. For the greater good, we'll control sheep's minds and control the herd. Vaccine makers stand to make a fortune. And many of you in this room are investors. It's a big win-win. We thin out the herd and the herd pays us for providing extermination services. Now what's for lunch? Wow. Bilderberger's speech to the World Health Organization, February 25, 2009. You have the link uh, right there to see it for yourself. The CFR planned a new world order before 1942 and the UN began with a group of CFR members called the Informal Agenda Group. They drafted an original UN proposal, presented it to Franklin Roosevelt, who announced it publicly the next day. At the UN 1945 founding, CFR members comprised of over 40 of the US delegates, according to Professor G. William Domhoff, author of Who Rules America? Domhoff added, the Council of Foreign Relationships, while not financed by the government, 
works so closely with it that it's difficult to distinguish the council from autonomous actions. Its most important sources of income are leading corporations and major foundations, the Rockefeller, Carnegie, and Ford Foundations, to name three, and they're directed by key corporate officials. Dominant media partners, uh, former CBS News President Richard Slants claimed, our job is to give people not what they want, but what we decide they should have. CBS and other media giants control everything we see, hear, and read through television, radio, newspapers, magazines, books, films, and large portions of the internet. Their top officials and some journalists attend Bilderberg meetings on the condition they report nothing. The Rockefeller family wields enormous power, even though its uh, reigning patriarch David will be 94 on June 12th and uh, surely near the end of his dominance. However, for years the Rockefellers, led by David, gained great influence over the media. With it, the family gained sway over public opinion. With the pulse of public opinion, they gained deep influence in politics. And with this politics of subtle corruption, they are taking control of the nation and now aim for total world domination. The Bilderberg-Rockefeller scheme is to make their views so appealing, so camouflaging them, that they become public policy and can pressure world leaders into submitting to the needs of the masters of the universe. The New World Press is their instrument to disseminate agreed upon propaganda. On page 405 of his memoirs, uh, David Rockefeller wrote, some even believe we are part of a secret cabal working against the best interests of the United States, characterizing my family and me as internationalists and conspiring with others around the world to build a more integrated global political and economic structure, one world if you will. If that's the charge, I stand guilty and I'm proud of it. On another occasion, David Rockefeller stated, Ideological extremists have used my meeting with Castro to blame my family and claim we rule American politics and American institutions. They state that I am behind a conspiracy and an organization working against the whole world, one world, if you like to call it that. If that is the claim, then I stand guilty. And I'm proud to say, since we are building a better global and political structure, all we need is the right major crisis and the nations will accept the new world order. To gain more understanding into people who secretly rule the world, you will also benefit to understand that the top families who are Bilderbergers are also part of a secret society called the Illuminati. Here we got David Rockefeller who is an Illuminati. And uh, we have a crisis, as Justin Trudeau has said, COVID-19 has provided a wonderful opportunity for which we can reshape the economy of the world. Just the right crisis for this globalistic solution. This pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. This is our chance to accelerate our pre-pandemic efforts to reimagine economic systems that actually address global challenges like extreme poverty, inequality, 
and climate change. Look at the debt which we are uh, loading uh, on our shoulders. Uh, the world was already indebted at an amount of over 300% of GDP. Now, um, the, the rescue programs of the governments represent another $10 trillion, which um, will be added to our debt load and will have to be, in some way, uh, be repaid by future generations. And I think it's a wake-up call uh, to work in the future together uh, to address all the consequences and to create a reset in our economic, social, ecological thinking. What? There is a book that I don't recommend you read before bed, but it's entitled The Bloodlines of the Illuminati by Springer. Now, you can download this book yourself. Um, I have the link there. First thing we're going to learn is that uh, the Illuminati have 13 tribes, main tribes. They're referred to as Satan's elite, okay? And uh, these family dynasties, I'm gonna tell you in alphabetical order, and it's listed in the book, and in each chapter, they dedicate it one chapter to each one of these families, and it explains to you about who they are and how they came to great wealth and power. And so the families, uh, are Asher, Bundy, Collins, DuPont, yeah, that's the big chemical guy. Freeman, Kennedy, yes, that's the Kennedy family. JFK was rebelling against uh, his particular family. Lee family, which controls most of China. Reynolds, Rockefeller, Rothschilds, Russell, Onassis, and Van Duin. Now, um, it was really sickening what I read in that book. And um, I wanted to focus on two families that are the top families. And so I read the chapter that uh, gives me a history, particularly the Rockefellers and then the Rothschilds. So the Rockefeller family, let me tell you a little bit about them. Uh, they initially gained their wealth through selling opium legally through the East India Company. And you'll see the photo right there, and it shows you the uh, families that uh, had their respective market. So the Rothschilds are like the uncrowned um, kings of Europe, and the Rockefellers are the princes of North America. Now, besides opium, um, Rockefeller uh, grew his oil and gas business through Standard Oil to have a 90% monopoly. Of course, he did it through, uh, you know, Roth, uh, Rothschild's investment and help. And uh, there's an interesting article that you should you should read from the Corbett Report, um, which the link is there for you, how big oil conquered the world. Now, Rockefeller, also partnered with the Rothschilds in ownership of the Federal Reserve Bank along with J.P. Morgan. And uh, he also created and monopolized the pharmaceutical industry. He used his own money to buy uh, a, a massive German pharmaceutical cartel. Um, then he paid 
Abraham Flexner to submit a report to Congress in 1910, discrediting the natural medicine from being used for centuries. He invented the word quackery. Now, something that uh, was a quote of um, Rockefeller, of Rockefellers, he thought that to allow competition is sin. And uh, then, you know, he had a very bad reputation, much like Bill Gates before he started his philanthropy. And so the Rockefellers started their own charitable foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation. They used its tax-free status to actually further their business interests. So he's got this uh, pharmaceutical cartel. He sought to discredit holistic, naturopathic remedies that have been used for centuries and millennium. And uh, what he did was uh, he used his tax-free status to give grants to medical schools, all the medical schools in America, and Ivy League schools if they taught pharma medicine only and not natural holistic medicine. He started the American Medical Association, the American Cancer Association, which by the way, they're still not looking for a cure. They like to keep their customers. And he eventually had a monopoly on big pharma. And there's a link there which tells you how uh, the Rockefellers um, invented big pharma and how they controlled it. So that's kind of how they came to their money. Um, the Rothschilds, uh, their family dynasty, are descendants of Mayor Ashtel Rothschild. It was known as the founding father of international finance. So originally from Germany, uh, he founded the Rothschild banking dynasty. This family is considered to be the wealthiest family in the history of mankind. They are worth somewhere between 500 to 700 trillion dollars. It's said that they rule the world, including the top 1%. So they control the world via international central banks. They actually own and control 165 national central banks. And I have a link, you can see the full list, but here's three that uh, maybe a little bit close to home. Uh, includes the Bank of Canada, the Federal Reserve, Federal Reserve of New York, and the Bank of England. But 165 nations, uh, they own and control them. Through those banks, like the Bank of Canada or the Federal Reserve, for example, uh, through that central bank, the money is printed for that country. And if the heads of state needs money because they overspend, which you know, where do they borrow it from? Where do they borrow it from? Well, they borrow it from two top mega banks. It's either the World Bank or the International Monetary Fund, IMF. So the World Bank is jointly owned by the world's top banking families with the Rothschilds at the very top. The uh, International Monetary Fund, IMF, is privately owned by the Rothschilds alone. And above the IMF and the World Banks is the Bank for International Settlements. Now it's interesting uh, that these uh, two mega banks, the World Bank and the IMF, they offer loans to developing countries at an almost impossible to pay back interest rates because what they're really after is the real wealth, the land and the precious minerals. But anyway, so the uh, BIS, the Bank for International Settlements, is in Basel, Switzerland. It's also referred to as the Tower of Basel. So it is referred to as the secret bank that runs the world and is exclusively owned by the Rothschilds.
It predates both the IMF and the World Bank. You know, what's also interesting about these banks is the land in which it sits is outside of any country's jurisdiction. So it's the Federal Reserve. You know, so is, for example, the City of London, or the Vatican, or Washington, D.C. They're actually their own entity. For decades, uh, the BIS stood as the Center for Global Network for Money, Power, and Covert Global Influence. Now, the negotiations, I found this was interesting. They are carried out by so-called economic hitmen who succeed by handsomely rewarding, i.e. bribing or threatening with death those who are in the position to sell away their country. So you wonder why certain leaders just give away millions and billions. It's basic corruption 101. Amsel Russia once said, give me control of the nation's money and I care not who makes its rules. Now what is really uh, disturbing, I've talked to you a little bit about how they got you know, the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers got their, you know, business interests grown. But every one of these Illuminati families are actually Satanists. The Rothschilds are worshiper of another God who, will, who is none other than Satan himself. That's why they set a place for him at their table. Now, if you look at the links that I provided, I'm telling you, you might not want to read them because um, they are all involved in human bloodletting and offering sacrifices to Moloch or Satan, and they drink their blood and eat their flesh. It is, it is more than I could bear to uh, listen to a lot of the testimonies. I've listened to a couple of them. Uh, one of them was a testimony of Kathy O'Brien, which I have the link there. She was controlled and made to be a sex slave for governmental officials including a former Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau, Presidents Ford and Clinton, and uh, she was a victim of satanic ritual abuse. Um, you can also see the link there uh, for Reynold Bernard, who worked with the Illuminati in high-level finance, and he shares how he was involved and then was coerced into participating in satanic child sacrifice, and he couldn't do it, he got out. To describe this story as horrifying would be an understatement. And if that sounds like a warning, then that's exactly what it's meant to be. It was big, you know, expensive. From the front, it looked like a castle. You know, it had a long drive and big double wooden doors. Do you think they were rich people then? Very rich. And us kids would be made to do things with the adults and the animals. And then uh, a sacrifice. How many men or how many people would have sex with you? What, at one time? Yes. About everyone who was there, which must have been about 20. You know, from 10 to 20 people. If it was a, a big ceremony, it used to be 30. There was a tramp who was brought in once, you know, and he was killed. He was cut from his throat down to his stomach. And that they, they ate him, or bits of him. They killed a man at a ceremony? Yeah. In front of you? 
Yeah, in front of all of them. All of us. Did the trap? Did this man fight back? No, I think he was, you know, drunk or something. He seemed really dopey. He was laughing a lot when he was brought in. He started screaming when they began to cut. But after a while, you know, he died. I'd seen a few killings before then. Although I wasn't used to it, it you know, that was the worst one. There's also uh, the testimony there, a link regarding ex-model Natalie Augusta. She's a top model from the Netherlands. She was incarcerated for exposing Illuminati child sacrifice. And this is what she what it says in her book. Natalie Augusta was a uh, ultra mind-controlled fashion model and sex slave who serviced politicians as a reward for their services to the super-rich Satanists that control the world. Goes on to say the Illuminati depravity she exposes is consistent with Dutch banker Reynold Bernard's revelations. That's the guy I just mentioned. The super rich and the royalty belong to a Satanistic cult that engage in pedophilia, child and baby torture, murder, cannibalism on a routine basis. Now police and military intelligence enable these crimes and cover them up. And whistleblowers are murdered or confined to a mental hospital, as in Natalie's case in Amsterdam, Menstrom uh, Psychiatric Hospital. And her book was midwifed by uh, the author of 13 Satanic Bloodlines, Paving the Road to Hell. And uh, in the book she gives, uh, uh, there's an introduction that provides an explanation of how top model agencies are basically brothels, uh, bookers, and pimps, and models who resist disappear. Uh, Natalie says the most 1980s top models traded sex for fame and fortune, and she claims she was drugged and raped by actor Kirif Reeves. Uh, most movie stars are not only monarch slaves, but they're also slave handlers, and they're all living a double life. Pedophile billionaires would fly world-famous men to his orgy island, maybe you've heard about that, where they would have sex with underage girls and were, who were drugged. Uh, flight logs uh, include Prince Albert, Bill Clinton, and uh, the ultimate purpose was blackmail. Apparently, people who have everything seek one thing they cannot have. And then uh, Natalie retired from modeling in the 1990s and became an anti-pedophile researcher and activist. But there's a reason why I'm trying to expose a little bit of this is uh, that the people that rule the world, Bilderbergers and the Illuminati, this is the world that they come from. We know that uh, they're passing legislation, for example, in Europe in 2018, the European Union prepared a far-reaching plans to legalize and normalize pedophilia and decriminalize sex with children across Europe. The principle of a minimum age has been abandoned already by several European countries. In these countries, adults are allowed to have sex with a child of any age, and it's up to the child to prove it was done by force. Alex Jones uh, secretly recorded what happens at the Bohemian Grove. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Um, in Northern California every year, there are occult ceremonies that take place offering mock human sacrifices. They say it's mock human sacrifice to ancient idols. Like this huge 
uh, Owl Idol, um, and these leaders, which I'm going to tell you who, who's been intended to dress in occultic hooded robes, and they participate in occult ceremonies and in drunken rivalry. Uh, the people who have attended the Bohemian Grove secret meetings have included United States Presidents Truman, Bill Clinton, and Bilderberg elites, including Rockefeller, Rothschilds, Kissinger, the world's most powerful, go every year. So you wonder, like, why presidents, you know, the most powerful, wealthy people in the world would participate in occult ceremonies that mock human sacrifice, etc. If you're not participating in that, you don't get up into that echelons. That is, and what they do is they, you know, blackmail you and control you. You know, what does the Bible say about this? In Luke chapter four, verses five and eight, talking about Jesus, then the devil took him, Jesus up, and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. This was just before Jesus started his ministry. He went into the wilderness for 40 days to fast and pray, and that's when the devil appeared to him. Uh, he tempted him three times, but this is one of them. And uh, he showed him the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And he said to Jesus, I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it all to you if you will worship me. Jesus replied, the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Does this make sense? The people who are actually ruling the world are Satanists and they want one world government and Revelation says they will hand over their authority to the Antichrist. But this is who we're dealing with that is behind the pandemic. In the next part of my series, it's going to be much lighter, I promise. But it's about COVID-19 vaccine and the technology that's involved in it. And I think you're going to find it insightful. Why are doctors and scientists banned and censored when they talk about effective treatments for COVID-19? I don't even know if you're even aware, but there's thousands of doctors and scientists who have been banned and censored when they endeavor to speak about safe and effective and cheap treatments for COVID-19. I watched a particular documentary that I recommend that you go to. It's called stopworldcontrol.com. The link is right there and uh, watch the video warning for humanity COVID-19 vaccine. You can also download the full report. I want to give credit where credit is due. Here today I want to give you a few highlights from this documentary. Why would they really be so interested in vaccines? Because they're part of the software technology. They're tech people. They have no background in health or science or epidemiology. Everybody who tuned in yesterday, I understand it went to over 20 million views on YouTube, Google, I'm sorry, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. And then they deleted us and canceled us. They deleted us and canceled us. You know, we are in what they are saying is a serious health crisis. 
There are doctors and scientists who've been trying to tell us that there is healing for COVID-19. Thousands and thousands of patients have been recovered from the horrible virus in a matter of days without any side effects, uh, without hospitalization, and virtually without any deaths. There's a concerted effort to keep the safety and efficacy of hydroxychloroquine away from the American people, and we need to speak up. All of us do. I've been a doctor for a long time. Before me, my father is a doctor. I've never seen anything like this, where we have groups of physicians or scientists and government bureaucrat agencies essentially lying to the American people and people across the world. I have many, many examples. No matter what, at the beginning when this virus started, we were all concerned. We didn't know what we were up against. We didn't know who to believe. I don't watch the news anymore. I don't watch TV. I don't watch nothing because it's all brainwashing. If anything has woken us up to the future of our society is that we've been brainwashed. My name is Heike Schöning. I'm a medical doctor from Germany. And we are all saying together, this affair of COVID-19 is just not true. My name is Michael Nordfors. I'm a medical doctor. And we will arrange a new trial, hopefully in Nuremberg, to litigate against all the criminals behind this hoax. In 2002, there was a recognition that the coronavirus was seen as an exploitable mechanism for both good and ill. On April the 25th, 2003, the U.S. Center for Disease Control filed a patent on the coronavirus transmitted to humans. Under 35 U.S. Code Section 101, nature is prohibited from being patented. Either SARS coronavirus was manufactured, therefore making a patent on it legal, or it was natural, therefore making a patent on it illegal. If it was manufactured, it was a violation of biological and chemical weapons, treaties and laws. If it was natural, filing a patent on it was illegal. Then either outcome, both are illegal. In the spring of 2007, the CDC filed a petition with the Patent Office to keep their application confidential and private. They actually filed patents on not only the virus, but they also filed patents on its detection and a kit to measure it. Because of that CDC patent, they had the ability to control who was authorized and who was not authorized to make independent inquiries into coronavirus. Fauci has a bias towards vaccines, and he owns the vaccine, so he has the patents. He literally owns vaccine patents. Is it purely profit? Motivation is purely profit? Well, no, I, I think it's power, and I think the same is true of the case. Both of them actually stand to make huge amounts of money, you know, potentially billions and billions of dollars. And there is no more powerful position than being a health official, because you can literally dictate. I mean, at this point, Tony Fauci has powers that no American president has ever had. He's, you know, telling people in California, you can't go to the beach, you can't go in the ocean, you can't go shop, your kids can't go to school, you have to stay in your house. You, you're gonna, you know, the, two days ago they were giving thousand dollar tickets to people who were swimming in the ocean and surfing. No president's ever had that kind of power before, but today, Fauci, who is very, very close and partners with Gates, are telling America, and they're, what they're saying, if you listen carefully, what they're saying is, you all are, are gonna stay in the house 
until we have a vaccine. It's not going to be safe to come out. It's an incredible lie of incredible proportions. Once you understand that, you will be suspicious of everything that follows. So that's where I found myself. There I was in the emergency department, treating patients as they came in with COVID-19. And once we had the rapid test so I can confirm the diagnosis, my first patient who I needed to give hydroxychloroquine and zinc to, I did it and, and even knowing the kind of the controversy, it was fine, I gave it to her. I actually called her the next day. She was so much better. She herself got better within about 12 hours. In about 48 hours, she was essentially completely well. What was really shocking was my medical director who calls me the next day and threatens to fire me for doing this, this treatment. It was, it was I, I can't even tell you to the, even as I describe this moment to you, it's shocking to me. You know, there are many, many doctors, but they don't, they don't want to put their heads up because their careers are destroyed. Scientists get their careers destroyed. Journalists lose their careers. People, this is, you know, this is a career killer. All of a sudden, we started hearing as doctors, even as doctors, that hydroxychloroquine is unsafe. You can't understand what's going on with the lies until you understand what an enormous lie this is. Hydroxychloroquine is over-the-counter in much of the world. It's taken in many African nations. They call it Sunday, Sunday medicine. Because you take it every Sunday, right? In America, we use hydroxychloroquine for two main reasons. That's lupus and rheumatoid arthritis, and also for malaria for people going on holiday. It's been FDA approved for 65 years. We give it to babies, we give it to children, we give it to pregnant women, we give it to nursing mothers, we give it to the elderly, and we give it to the immune compromised. Those last two categories take this medication for decades. There was never a pretense that it's not safe. The leading immunologist in the world, Diditor Randolt, says this incredibly powerful cure is an age-old antiviral medicine that has been used worldwide for more than 60 years. Virtually all of his patients are healed in a short matter of time. And he says, this is the end of the pandemic, explained one of the world's most renowned scientists, Professor Dixter Renault from France. Now there's many other doctors that have followed in his footsteps. Dr. Zinko from New York, she has healed over a thousand COVID-19 patients. Dr. Stella Emanuel from Texas has seen 350 patients recover without a single death. And all over the world, tens of thousands of COVID patients are recovering rapidly thanks to this amazing treatment. Now you'll see right here, we have Dr. Fauci. He himself reported in 2005 that the strong antiviral effect of chloroquine on SARS-CoV has already been proven by an extensive scientific study by the NIH. However, there were some fraudulent studies that have disqualified this safe drug for COVID-19. One such fraudulent study was released by one of the world's most renowned scientific institutions, Lancet from the United Kingdom. He published a paper that supposedly proved how ineffective and actually harmful HCQ is. Another trial was done by the World Health Organization. The WHO tested HCQ on 3,500 patients, 400 hospitals worldwide, and to everybody's horror, as many as one-third of all the patients died. As a result, hydroxychloroquine was banned across the world. Now, one intelligent medical expert Dr. Meryl Nass thought to herself, now that's strange. In the hands of real medical practitioners, HCQ heals tens of thousands of patients with virtually no deaths. And at the hands of the WHO, it kills a thousand people. 
and she took a great look at this study and discovered something horrendous. The World Health Organization gave their patients absurd lethal doses of HCQ, far more than they should have given them. And as a result, 1,000 out of 3,500 died. Horrendous. Because of this, thousands of doctors and scientists have been censored worldwide. These doctors' websites have been taken down. They were discredited if they speak about effective treatments for COVID-19. Uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter posts, and videos uh, that are contrary to the official narrative, banned, removed. You have to understand that the magnitude of the lies is just so enormous. The Lancet is probably the world's most famous medical journal, all right? New England Journal of Medicine is probably second most famous, JAMA, third most famous. So sometime around April, I think, the Lancet published this study that concluded that hydroxychloroquine wasn't safe. This threw the world into a tizzy. Based on this article, the WHO stopped um, hydroxychloroquine trials across the world. The European Union stopped allowing hydroxychloroquine. That was the reason that the headlines trashed the president as, as calling it snake oil. They had the cover of the Lancet saying it was bad. Now the Lancet study that said it was bad had like 90,000 people in it and it was, took place on five continents. And it just didn't really make sense. There was a group of independent doctors who looked at this data and said, there's no way you have 90,000 patients enrolled in a trial across five continents and nobody ever heard of this thing. It was just, it was incredible. So these independent doctors got together and they kind of forced it and they forced the issue. And the Lancet ended up retracting the study, which is once in a generation or once in a lifetime sort of event. You can't be published in the Lancet by accident. There's many, many layers to it. It just simply can't happen. It was complete fraud that was published. But the damage was done because all across the world hydroxychloroquine trials have been halted and it was very badly maligned. That's where we're coming from. Why do we know? We know that that was fraud. They've admitted they were fraud. If you go right now to the internet, you can type in the Lancet study on hydroxychloroquine and it'll pop up retracted. That was like level number one of the corruption where the scientists themselves were being corrupted. Level number two though is the media. The media lying. How do we know they're lying and not just misinformed or ill-informed themselves? Well, because when it was retracted, they buried the story of its being retracted. You have to really struggle to find that information. But they control content. Anderson Cooper is sponsored by Pfizer. Um, the NBC Nightly News is sponsored by Merck. 70% of our advertising revenue for evening news shows is coming from pharma. Aaron Burnett is sponsored by Pfizer. U.S. coronavirus uh, death toll right now tonight is on the verge of topping 133,000 people dead. Every year, CNN releases flu death data. And that data is not real data. It's fake data. So, and I'll tell you what they do. They, the CDC actually does very good data gathering and it assembles the data on American health and death certificates in an index called the mortality and morbidity data. And if you go to the mortality and morbidity data, you can see how many flu deaths actually happen in America every year, but nobody does that. And instead, CNN reports every year that the flu deaths in this country were between 60,000 and 90,000. And they'll say it's worse than ever, could be 95,000 deaths this year of flu. Take your flu shot, and if you go around and ask people, do you actually know anybody who's ever died of a flu? Most people tell you no. 
If 95,000 people were dying every year of flu, we'd all know people who died of the flu. The truth is that the year they said 95,000, which was two years ago, there were 2,000 people who died of the flu. Oh, CNN just lies about that every year. And I don't think Sanjay Gupta and Anderson Cooper actually want to lie, but it's part of their gestalt. That they're, you know, they're supposed to push the flu vaccine. They're supposed to scare the hell out of everybody and make everybody think they're going to die if they don't get it. And you know, this inflating the, the terror of, you know, coronavirus, which are constant themes. Your sins will find you, and you will be held accountable when it comes to election year. I, I am praying that we, as a society, hold you accountable for what you've done to us for what you've done to our families and our businesses and our, our, our way of life. All we are asking is to be honest. So I set up to do something called the White Coat Summit, which was an entire day of education. We brought doctors and we brought social media influencers of young people know them as YouTubers. So we brought a whole bunch of YouTubers and a whole bunch of doctors. We brought to Washington. We did seven hours of education. And we laid out all the facts, all the facts, you know, very dispassionate. Here's the facts on hydroxychloroquine. Here's the facts on lockdowns. Here's the facts on masks. Here's the facts on you know, schools and kids transmission. Here's the facts for the elderly. Nobody needs to die. Nobody needs to go to the hospital. On these same steps, three months ago at the last White Coat Summit, I talked to you about big tech censorship, how Google was taking down scientific articles, how YouTube and Facebook were censoring evidence-based medicine, but I'm not here to talk to you about that today. I'm not here to talk about the censorship of the president. I'm here to talk to you about the deletion and rewriting of history. Unbeknownst to many, news organizations are deleting articles from the past that no longer fit the narrative today. News organizations are deleting history. Now this should scare you. This is directly out of George Orwell's 1984. We need to rise up against censorship of the present but also hold news organizations accountable for their past. In the middle of that day, we took a break and we walked over to the Supreme Court, and that was the video that got 20 million views. Now, the video of their press conference was viewed over 20 million times in one day. And then it was removed from Facebook and YouTube. However, you can still find it on BitChute here, and there's the link. Uh, below. Now, in the Netherlands, the family practitioner named Dr. Rob Ellens was treating his own dying patients with HCQ plus zinc and they recovered in a matter of days. What happened? You think the government thought he was doing a good thing? No. The government stepped in and commanded him to stop healing his patients with HCQ or his license would be removed. Dr. Ellens had to let his patients die and he made several videos in which he informed the people what was going on, but they were removed right away. In one video, he gave scientific inf information about how several effective treatments for COVID-19 in less than one day, YouTube got rid of it. Here's a quote from him. He said, the government say there's no treatment for COVID-19. It's a lie, it's deception. They don't want to cure COVID-19 because they want everyone to get vaccines. Dr. Rob Evans Medical Center depealed the Netherlands. That is why, as we'll find out more information as the plot thickens. So the World Doctors Alliance were also saying that this is not a pandemic with 6% fatality rate. 
Now that's what a pandemic used to be, 6% fatality rate. But no, it got changed 11 years ago. Guess who changed it? The WHO. So the World Doctors Alliance are saying that this is not a pandemic with 6% fatality rate. Therefore, the lockdown measures which are doing more harm than good. You can see their website there, worlddoctorsalliance.com. So if there are effective treatments, then why the aggressive push for vaccines as the only answer? The answer can be heard loud and clear throughout the media all over the world. Humanity must be vaccinated against COVID-19. Governments are announcing a mandate to force every single person to accept this rushed vaccine that has hastily been developed without proper safety testings. The main voice calling for this is the world's leading vaccine dealer, Mr. Bill Gates. Bill Gates became a billionaire through his company, Microsoft but increased his fortune from 50 billion to over 100 billion dollars by dealing vaccines, he said. Investing in vaccine industry is the best business investment I've ever made. Right before the outbreak of the pandemic, Gates tweeted, I'm particularly excited about the coming year could mean for one of the best buys in global health vaccines, according to Bill Gates. He also states, that only people who have been vaccinated against COVID-19 should be allowed to travel, go to school, attend meetings and work. Now, do you think that motivation for vaccines could be motivated by profit? Bill Gates has invested billions into vaccines. He started Gavi.org, the Vaccine Alliance. He's invested in Moderna and Pfizer, which are vaccines that are being offered to us as Canadians. He has invested in digital vaccine IDs that will make it possible to trace an individual's body anywhere. In addition, he's set up a global monitoring network that will track everyone that came into contact with COVID-19. Now, what's interesting as well is that uh, for the pharmaceutical companies, they get all the gain, but with zero liability for vaccine manufacturers. So no matter how grievous your injury or your child's injury, no matter how toxic the ingredient, no matter how sloppy the line protocols, no matter how negligent that company, you cannot sue them or redress. So there's no discovery, there's no depositions, there's no medical malpractice, there's no class actions zero consequence if they kill you or if they injure you for life. How about Bill Gates' passion to depopulate the world? He says, this will help us with the problem that there are too many people on the earth using up valuable resources. And the video link below, you can hear uh, Bill Gates expounding, but I'll give you one quote. He says, if we do a really good job in healthcare, women's reproductive rights, which means abortions, and vaccines, we can reduce the Earth's population by 10 or 15%. So vaccines could help with the globalist goal of depopulization. Has anybody here heard of potential fertility problems with this vaccine? There's a question if this vaccine, a biological agent I should say, affects this thing called the syncytiotrophoblast, which is a layer on the placenta. Now, it does seem to do that when you're sick with COVID-19, the problem is that these mRNA vaccines kind of mimic having COVID-19 indefinitely. So while COVID-19 could be bad for the placenta and the baby, 
if you get it like in the middle of the pregnancy, eventually COVID-19 goes away and you go about your life and then you're good. There's a question if this type of experimental agent does that same negative effect to the syncytiotrophoblast layer of the placenta and it would do it indefinitely. This is not a conspiracy. As a scientist, I'm telling you, we don't know. For that reason, America's Frontline Doctors feels very strongly that you cannot even offer this to women of childbearing age. In this video, you're going to hear Dr. Kerry Majet talk about the technology in these vaccines. So the other important thing to know is we're gathering all this information about us and we're, we're putting that out. So we're being connected to artificial intelligence. You have to know this is not just a vaccine. We're being connected to artificial intelligence. What could happen from that? I could imagine that you could be affected with your mood or your behavior, your memory. That could really cause a lot of problems, a lot of confusion. And who's in charge of this? The Department of Defense? What's different about MRA or mDNA vaccines? They have the potential of modifying or altering our DNA and genome. Now that is incredibly serious because uh, with our genome, just simply take away one protein or add, an, add one protein, we are no longer who, we're, who we were created to be. And we do not know what the long-term effects of that are going to be. And so it's really, I, this is the most concerning part for me. And so this is something you really need to uh, study and learn more about it. And I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist either. What I am is just a person like you who's concerned about where this is going and the implications of it. Another point of the technology that is involved in this vaccine is called transfection. Transfection uses the same GMO technology as Monsanto. Maybe you've heard of that. Monsanto is a company that helps uh, genetically modify, you know, fruits and vegetables, etc. It was a company owned by Bill Gates. After all their lawsuits, they've sold the company to Bear. But be it as it may, it's the same type of technology. Now, if if uh, GMO technology in in organic material is not as healthy. What if we're injecting that same sort of GMO technology into our bodies? Well, the natural implication will be we may not be as healthy. Another technology that's being introduced for this COVID-19 vaccine is a delivery system called Microneedle Platform. In a Microneedle Platform, what it is, it's like a, a little Band-Aid and it has all these little microneedles in it. It's kind of like viper fangs and so you can get it in the mail and it, you can put it on yourself so what it does when you put it on your skin and you remove it voila you got the vaccine but how do we know you've been vaccinated well uh, part of the technology is it does produce what's known as a quantum dot tattoo which is readable and how do they read the information from the tattoo it's read through a active component that gives it bioluminescence. It's called luciferase. Another component to this uh, vaccine platform is called hydrogel. Now hydrogel was developed by DARPA. It's a military thing. And uh, with hydrogel, 
it, it, it's, it includes nanotechnology, which connects us to artificial intelligence. And so what this uh, nanotechnology does is it goes into, uh, in the hydrogel, it goes into our bloodstream and it's able to gather information. Like for example, your heart rate, um, your breathing. It could also uh, potentially modify, you know, uh, for women when they're menstruated, uh, if you're walking, if you're running, if you fall, uh, when you're having sex, if you're swimming. Um, it can even uh, monitor your emotions. And so this, uh, this technology is actually inner bodies. And it's communicating to, they, think, they say it's going to communicate to a smart app, then up into the cloud. Well, who has control over all that data? They're also talking about how they can uh, be able to release medication in your body through a light application. And so, you know, it's, that has a lot of ramifications. For example, uh, say you're in the middle of uh, some place and there's a riot, but this gets activated and you become sedated. So that is uh, part of this technology platform. Another thing that's involved in the vaccine, and I don't know if it's in this current application, I don't think so, but uh, part of the technology that will be involved in this vaccinations is ID2020, which is ID certification mark. Once you get that hydrogel and the nanotechnology in your body, it's not leaving. The, the next point I want to talk about is the purpose of the lockdown. Part of something that we're all struggling with in dealing with this pandemic is the lockdowns. Are they really necessary? You know, when we look at what happened in Sweden uh, during the pandemic and they didn't lock down. Mind you, they did keep their elderly and um, anyone who had health complications they kept them safe but they went on as business as usual they said you know what we need is herd immunity so let's just be exposed to it and get it over with right i'm here to tell you that there is another purpose for the lockdown and it was not necessarily just simply just lower the curve i believe the main reason for lockdown is to bankrupt the nations so the purpose of it is to bring us into greater debt to the central banks because what the elite want to do is remove the, little, the middle class. They want to treat small businesses non-essential. You want to know why I'm the way I am? I had a 45-year-old co uh, customer come in here. I'm sorry, his wife came in here. He hung himself up at his cottage. You, you want to know why the way I am? When that happens, and you see your customer fall on the ground, and you see your customer cry, and you see her children have no father because he couldn't take it anymore, and you want to know why I'm the way I am, because this doesn't mean to me. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. This doesn't mean nothing to me. This business is just a materialistic thing that I can't take to heaven. But what I can take is what I do right now for our children and our future. And that kid that has to grow up without their father because he lost his two businesses because of these shutdowns and thinking that he had no future and that he thought the best way out was to hang himself out of his cottage. Those are the things we're not hearing on the news. Those are the things that we don't see on the news right should be seen.
while big box stores like Walmart, Costco, and Amazon increase their market share. Now, you have to ask yourself, who owns these large corporate stores? Well, the big tech giants and the stocks of major corporations that, that are controlled by the elite have increased their market share and their net worth has gone up since the lockdown. So effectively what's happening is the elite are removing the competition in proof that this has been a very effective economic war. Central bankers are using this crisis to transition our monetary system. For many decades, the dollar has been the reserve currency. And uh, the system is what I would describe as long in the tooth. And the central bankers are trying to bring in a new system, but it's not ready to go yet. And what we're, we're in a period of great change and uncertainty where the central bankers are trying to keep the dollar system going and accelerate, so they're trying to lengthen the dollar system and then they're trying to accelerate bringing in the new system. And they have to bring in the new system without anybody quite realizing exactly what it is. And then, five pillars for the new world system. And a lot of people aren't putting these all together. You need to watch the whole video, but I'm gonna give you the highlights. But the first pillar are the tech giants. What they're providing is the cloud and the communication system. Secondly is the military. They're putting satellites into space, military satellites. They're effectively doing Operation Warp Speed. This military operation is headed by a scientist who's an expert on injectable brain machine interface. Now, Amazon is also a defense contractor providing the cloud for 17 intelligent organizations. The next pillar is Big Pharma. They are producing the injectable vaccines. I believe, as does Catherine, that uh, they're injecting us with Bill Gates' operating system that will be in our body. Conveniently, virus mutates, provides the need for updates. So Microsoft has access into the back door of our physical bodies. Now, other benefits of the pharma contribution is that uh, these vaccines could lower the population through sterilization. Uh, we know that uh, in Kenya, a supposed vaccine that Bill Gates administered there resulted in sterilization of women. Because when you read the language that the government is putting out about how to prioritize the vaccine, the experimental biological agent, they are making an overt and covert attempt to push this heavily on blacks and browns. The CDC is telling the public at large that getting an experimental vaccine is a good thing, but it is additionally telling black people that getting the vaccine is racial justice and it's an advantage. This is the government's words, is that getting the vaccine early is social racial justice. And I just have to say, as a scientist, I found it bizarre that we're talking about racial justice, but how is it racial justice to sign up first for an experimental biological agent that we don't know? African bodies have been used as lab rats for many years for Big Pharma. They are using us for trials, they are using us for testing, but as an African, I say no more. The same thing happened in India. He was thrown out of India because um, of an experiment that he did on 
26,000 illiterate tribal girls in the Northern Territories were being tested a very, very dangerous HPV vaccine on them. And I think 2,600 um, had either lost their capacity to have children or have horrendous autoimmune diseases. And when the Indian government went in there horrified to investigate, they found out that Gates' operatives had, you know, had bullied these families into signing, um, uh, you know, confirmation agreements um, that, and they were illiterate, that they didn't understand the consent agreements um, that they didn't understand, etc. And that they, they treated unethically, they weren't providing medical care of the kids they injured or anything like that so if you read any uh, insert for vaccines and it's always on the point 13 you say may cause sterilization for females interesting and i wouldn't put it past the companies potentially to put pathogens in that that could be fatal because the elites say there's too many people for the planet's ecosystem now media is another pillar and what does media do uh, they provide the propaganda. And this, this is, is extremely, extremely dangerous, dangerous to our, our democracy. democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. Now, did you know that in America, six corporations control 90% of the media? This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. And uh, central to the media control is the Bilderberg Group. Now, in Canada, our media is, I'm not sure who owns them, but I'm pretty sure I know who finances them. And that would be our liberal government. But the next pillar are central bankers. So what do central bankers have to do with this whole thing, uh, with this new world order? Well, they provide the cryptocurrency one world monetary system. So uh, when you put all of those five pillars together, they're actually moving in harmony and they don't necessarily want you to see that it is all the same thing but it is moving forward towards their agenda to the crypto the central bank crypto systems so you have these different pillars and it's very important when you look at what's going on day to day particularly in the media they're trying to keep them separate so that you can't see how they're going to come together in an integrated system which is basically integrated into your body and your mind. Another uh, technology, which is not one of the five pillars, but I want to talk to you about it, is 5G technology. Now, 5G technology has several benefits for the New World Order. 5G is actually more than just the next generation technology standard for mobile networks and Wi-Fi. As China is our model, technocratic Tarian government. 5G supplies the tech requirements for 24-7 facial recognition cameras for monitoring of citizens. He's very much invested in 5G, which is kind of sinister. I think he's you know, putting a lot of satellites, hundreds of satellites in orbit. One of his companies promising is that they will be able to do surveillance with one second delay on every corner of the earth, literally every corner of the earth. Imagine if you don't need the police. Imagine if we live in a world where your movements are being tracked by satellites and by facial recognition and by GPS and by on your car, on your cell phones, so that at every moment of the day, the authorities know where you are and corporations know where you are. So
That's what China has done. And 5G is not about helping you download your video game quickly. Now that's what they're telling you on these glossy ads on TV, but that has nothing to do with well, you care if it takes you 20 seconds or 10 seconds to you know, download a video game. It's not going to really change your life. 5G has nothing to do with that. 5G is about um, surveillance and it's about data harvesting. The biggest repository of wealth in the world right now is not gold, it's not oil, it's data. And we now have a capacity uh, by connecting all these devices. It's called the connectedness of things. You connect your Alexis, which is listening to your conversations all day. Your Siri, which is listening to your cell phone, which is listening to your conversations. You, you, can, you know what your buying habits are. You know your heart rate. You know everything about you. And all that information is data that, if it is characterized in an archive, is useful and saleable because it's telling these companies the behaviors that will trigger buying reactions by you. They know specifically how to target you, where to target you, what time of the day, what kind of music that you like, what kind of, what is going to appeal to you and get your attention and get you to buy stuff. And those algorithms are so powerful that they're almost irresistible. And that's what he's harvesting. So, he, you know, he's going to be able to look at facial recognition, have complete control of our society. But there's some uh, other interesting things uh, that were also contributing towards the pandemic, okay? So it's interesting that uh, 5G was launched first in Wunan, China. And there is a website there that you can uh, check out uh, that gives some very interesting uh, information. And what they said was uh, that Hunan was completely covered with 5G technology, the first city in the world to have it. So 60 gigahertz, which is 5G, has uh, some surveillance benefits, but it also has some serious health risks, all right? That's why 26,000 scientists oppose the rollout of 5G. There's a petition that they made. You can uh, uh, watch that video, I do recommend it. And I know in Canada, there were thousands of scientists and doctors that petitioned the Liberal government um, not to have 5G because uh, these scientists are saying that the 60 gigahertz signal is harmful for humans and the environment. And the effects of 60 gigahertz can also mimic perfectly the symptoms of COVID-19. How does it do that? So the frequency of 60 gigahertz impacts oxygen itself. So it, it has uh, unique oxygen absorption properties, as you can see by this graph. Now, the standard has been 2.4 gigahertz. You see the line just goes straight across. No effect of energy absorbing oxygen. But then when you hit 50, woof, up to 60, it's completely peaked. So what they call COVID-19 is an acute respiratory disease. Now I said, I'm not, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a doctor. I'm just reiterating what scientists and doctors are saying online and I'm alerted by it and now I'm alerting you. Okay, so you gotta do your own diligence. Uh, but we, in China, 
we see leaked videos of people just collapsing on the streets with no symptoms except all of a sudden they have it, the virus. So here they, uh, these the people in China, they have exposure to 5G, which can be the result of a lack of oxygen. And then they faint, but you know, they weren't feeling sick before that. You know, logically, you know, when you start to get the flu, first, you don't feel well. I don't feel really well. I lose your appetite. You want to go to bed. Your mom wants to give you chicken soup and you recover. But in China and in other places, we see people are f feeling fine. Then all of a sudden they fainted. Now, which brings up another point. So when this whole thing broke out in uh, Hunan, China, where, you know, this coronavirus, we also had news that, um, you know, that there was an outbreak on cruise ships. Well, here's some interesting intel that I learned that if you watch the promotional material of the cruise line, the upgrades included increased network connectivity using Medallion Net from SES. So SES uses millimeter waves via satellite. This is military grade 5G signals that they only previously used on naval vessels. Okay, Navy ships. And what's also interesting <clears throat> in that region of China was uh, the Chinese built an antenna. It took 13 years to build and it's it's in the same province as Wunan. That's right next door. You can see the picture there. Now, you know, it's amazing. I've been to China three times. And what's amazing about China is you go just six months or a year later, all of a sudden there's all these big, big buildings from nowhere. They're very good and industrious and fast at building buildings. You know, they did hospitals in six days. But this antenna took them 13 years to build. So if both 5G radiation and COVID symptoms are the same, acute respiratory distress, shortness of breath, rapid breathing, blue colored skin, which happens due to the lack of oxygen. Hmm, that's concerning. Now, what is different about COVID from regular pneumonia? Now in pneumonia, you do have difficulty to get oxygen, but it's always because you have fluid in your lungs. You can even discover what phase of pneumonia you're in based on the color of your phlegm, right? As you see the diagram there, but not on CV of COVID-19. It usually starts with a fever, but there's no phlegms in the lungs. So if CV patients are having trouble breathing, but it's not a problem with the phlegm, maybe it's because the uh, 60 gigahertz frequency is making the hemoglobin unable to bind to the oxygen, which is exactly what uh, this scientist was trying to explain to me in this video, that that's the result, uh, that's what's happening. And sometimes uh, people have COVID, but no temperature. Now, how many people get pneumonia and do not get a temperature none maybe you should watch the watch the link below there it's a very good article where a scientist is explaining it in conclusion i believe that this crisis is engineered towards 
a new world order agenda. And my encouragement to you is to watch part four of this series, which I'm going to explain to you very clearly from the Bible of what you can expect next. I'm gonna focus on a particular aspect that I haven't talked about a lot, though I've alluded to it in the previous three parts, is what does the Bible say about this pandemic? Now, you may be a believer, maybe you're not, you're really not sure, but let me give you some words of encouragement that the Bible does have a lot to say about what's going on right now. So just. Just relax and have a listen, and I hope that you'll find it encouraging and enlightening. So the first thing that we need to realize of what's going on here is that there are two sides to the present and escalating crisis. One side is evil and is led by Lucifer, and the other side is good, led by Jesus. Jesus said in John 10, verse 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Now, if you've already listened to parts one to three of what's really going on behind COVID-19, then you're most likely already connecting the dots and have insight into Lucifer, that Lucifer is directing the Illuminati, the Bilderbergers, and they're pushing corrupt politicians to achieve their agenda to establish a new world order. Now. A new world order, what it looks like, is complete control with the elite ruling the world and owning everything and you owning nothing. Their solution is global socialism with everyone worshiping Lucifer. Now, I just wanna bring your attention to this. This is from the World Economic Forum's website, intelligence.weform.org. And on this site, you see their uh, complex intelligence strategy for dealing globally with the COVID-19 crisis. Look at all those different things that are involved in this plan. One of them is civic participation. And if you go to the search bar and put that word in civic participation, it will bring you to this section. Now, each section has 200 links deep. So you do a little bit of digging, and this is one thing you'll find. This is a quote on the page regarding civic participation. It says, no one will enter the new world order unless he or she will make a pledge to worship Lucifer. No one will enter the new age unless he will take a Luciferian initiation. This is a a quote by David Spangler, the director of the Planetary Institute, United Nations. So the way that the global elite are going regarding this crisis is worshiping Lucifer. This new world order is a mark of the beast control system. It begins with transfusion tech, changing our DNA. Now what's interesting about changing our DNA, uh, Jesus said that um, at the end of the age will be as it was in the days of Noah. 
Now, what was it like in the days of Noah? Well, we, we learn from Genesis chapter 6 that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful and they, they were breeding with them. And the result of that was champions in that day. They were essentially hybrids. They were uh, a combination of human and demonic. But it says that Noah was perfect in his generations. And so when God destroyed the whole world with a flood, he did so because that the thoughts and the intents of men's hearts were continually wicked. Could it be that mankind's genes became infiltrated with demonic DNA? And that's why their thoughts were continually wicked? This is one of the things that concerns me, and I'm just saying it's a theory. But this RNA vaccine, with the technology that's gone into it, it has the ability to change your DNA. Now, when you, when you connect all the dots and you see who's all involved in this whole agenda, how can you trust anything that they're saying? What is this vaccine really going to do? With this Mark of the Beast control system, you know, they're going to know who's been vaccinated and who's not been vaccinated by the quantum dot tattoo. That when they, they scan this, it's an enzyme called Lucifer Ease with this bioluminescence that tells them your whole vaccine schedule and your identification. We're going to be branded. We're going to be barcoded. This is part of their control system. Within the RNA vaccine, they also have hydrogel. And within the hydrogel is a nanosystem, which is connecting us to artificial intelligence with a brain-machine interface. This is crazy. It's not enough that they inject you with the ID2020, which is a, a cryptocurrency system using activity body data. You know that uh, patent 060606 that I've mentioned in several of my videos. Uh, but not only is that in your hand, but it's right in your body. And so they're, 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 they're not only monitoring all your trans financial transactions, they're monitoring you know, your GPS location, they're monitoring your heart rate, your breathing, you know, the drugs that you take in your system, your emotions, whether you're menstruating, whether you're walking, sleeping, having sex, they literally want to control everything. So this brings us back to the thief, Jesus said, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now part of this whole new world order is the Great Reset, right? What is really involved in the Great Reset? Now, I mentioned before uh, the World Economic Forum. And so if you want to know what they mean by the World Economic Forum, uh, one, you can go right on the website and put in the search ball, World Economic Forum, and boom, they're going to tell you exactly what they mean by that. You could also read the book. Uh, so the uh, the chairman and founder of the World Economic Forum, uh, Swab, he's written a book called The Great Reset. And you're, you're going to be quite enlightened as to what's been prepared for you. Now, what's interesting as well, as I mentioned, is that the advocates uh, for the World Economic Forum are our heads of state. You know, almost every president and prime minister and king and leader globally 
why are they all on that same page? It's because, as I've mentioned, um, the global elite are controlling the entire world all, through our leaders and leading us in the same direction. They are going to own everything and you are going to own nothing. But don't worry, as the commercial says uh, on the World Economic Forum, by 2030, you won't own anything, but you'll be happy. A few powerful Jews, including the Rothschilds, are responsible for the wording of the treaty imposed on Germany that ended World War I. The treaty gave the Rothschilds a German-owned railway rights in Palestine, which had been part of the Turkish Ottoman Empire, thus paving the way for the Rothschilds to have a sure leverage to dictate policy concerning Palestine. The Rothschilds had also made loans to Turkey which amounted to almost 100 million pounds. When the Turkish government collapsed after World War I, because they were on the losing side, the Rothschilds had a claim on Palestine because of their unpaid Turkish loans. The British government, who follows the dictates of the Rothschilds, were given a mandate over Palestine, and the Rothschilds were able, through their proxies in the British government, to create the steps that led to the nation of Israel. God even uses evil people to accomplish his redemptive plan. It was Lord Rothschild that was instrumental in the bringing the Zionists back to the land receiving the Belfort Declaration on their behalf. Check out the link. The Rothschilds owned 90,000 acres in Palestine and used that land for Jewish settlements. They paid for the construction of the Knesset and Supreme Court buildings and their architect designed it with messianic and occult symbols throughout the buildings. Now that's understandable since they are the top Illuminati family in the world. God's plan with Israel is in the center. God told them that if they obeyed his commands, they would live in the promised land and it'd go well with them. But if they disobeyed, they would be judged and vomited out of the land. Now, here's an interesting video regarding the uh, Great Reset that uh, I provided a link there for you. It's unbelievable, but it's the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers Foundation, and Pope Francis together advocating and facilitating the Great Reset. There will be a one world leader that will bring peace to both sides of Earth's most ancient conflict. What do you think that most ancient conflict is? It's between the Jews and the Muslims. Now, for the Jewish world to accept the Messiah, he will have to be Jewish, that makes sense, right? He must broker a peace agreement that includes allowing the Jews to rebuild their temple in Jerusalem. Now, the Jewish people restored back to Israel with a functioning temple in Jerusalem are the keys to God's redemptive clock. Listen to this. The ruler will make a treaty with the people for a period of one set of seven. That's a final seven-year period. And after half this time, he will put an end to the sacrifices and offerings. As a climax to his terrible deeds, he will set up a sacrilegious object that causes desecration until the fate for this defiler is finally poured out on him. So as we're saying, 
The prophecy has to do with God's purposes in the nation of Israel. They'll be fulfilled at the end of this 70 sets of seven. First set of seven, 49 years before the Jerusalem is restored, its defenses and a functioning temple. Then 62 sets of seven, 434 years until the Messiah would be cut off. That's when Jesus died. And then after the temple was destroyed, then they're waiting for that final set of seven. The final seven years before the culmination of God's purposes on the earth in this timeline, this final set of seven, when the abomination, the God's desolation appears in the temple. In order for this to happen, there must be a rebuilt temple. That will start the timeline for the final seven years. And Jesus confirmed this timeline in Matthew 24. The only prophecy that Jesus referred to in his entire ministry was that prophecy from Daniel chapter 9. Now we know that Lucifer's plan is to steal, kill, and destroy. But God's plan for his people is for them to be overcomers like his son Jesus, to be victorious in purity, love, and power. Then rule and reign with his son for a thousand years and beyond that and on a fully restored earth. And so I'm sharing this because I want you to know that, you know, Jesus that's revealed in, you know, Revelation 1 and 4 and throughout the scripture, it's not just stories, it's real and you can experience and know him. And that's the purpose of the book of Revelation. It's not just to show us what's going to happen in the future, but it's to show us who Jesus is. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And we're going somewhere towards this. And so Jesus is giving us uh, he's unfolding for us what is going to happen in these last years. It starts off with him revealing himself. And he tells us that he's going to deal with the wickedness that's on this earth. He's going to judge those that have been, you know, deceiving and enslaving the planet and its people. And on Revelation chapter 4, Jesus takes a scroll from the Father. And on, on that scroll, there was seven seals. And it's Jesus that releases those seven seals. And they release judgment on the world against the wickedness. And after the seven seal judgments, there's the seven trumpets judgments. Now I want you to note that in the book of Revelation, that in chapter 13 and 14, that there is a beast, which is the Antichrist and a false prophet, who set up this image in the temple. And they demand everyone to receive an ID certification mark and worship the beast. That's what we've been learning is really happening right now. In the midst of this pandemic, it's coming to the surface. The plans that the elite have for us includes, you know, this mark for which we cannot, uh, without it, we will not be able to buy or sell. It's coming right around the corner. And if you refuse this mark, if you refuse to worship this man who brings this peace treaty that enables the Jews to rebuild their temple. That's what they're talking about. When this comes in the season, you know that this is the Antichrist. We're in the final seven years. Do not follow him. In Isaiah chapter six, it says, when deep darkness covers the earth, deep darkness, that the glory of God will rise upon his people. In the midst of the difficulty that's happening and will be escalating, God is not gonna leave us. Even though things are going dark and things are getting difficult, he promises that his presence and his glory will be upon us and he will empower his children. He will empower those that believe and follow Jesus. And the scripture says that we'll be refined and purified 
in Daniel chapter 11, verses 31 to 35, we're encouraged. And this is, this is more of what the angel is telling Daniel. It's the same conversation from Daniel 9 through 12. And he says to Daniel, wise leaders will give instruction to many, but these teachers will die by fire and sword, or they will be jailed and robbed. During these persecutions, little help will arrive, and many who join them will not be sincere. And some of the wise will fall victim to persecution. In this way, they will be refined and cleansed and made pure until the time of the end, for the appointed time will come. Daniel 12 verses 1 to 3. Then at that time, Michael and the archangels who stand over your nation, speaking of Israel, will arise. This speaks of a release of angelic power and help to assist uh, the believers and followers of Jesus on the earth. Yes, then he says, then it will be a time of anguish greater than any since nations came into existence. But at the time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. Uh, many of those whose bodies lie, die, and buried will rise up, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting disgrace. But those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like stars forever. Now that's what I want. I want to shine like a star, holding out the truth of who Jesus is and His way of salvation. Things that the, that the Bible is telling us, the things that are coming, when Jesus Christ is going to come and rescue His people. But these things that uh, the Bible is talking about, as I mentioned before, they're real. In the light of what's really happening behind this COVID-19 pandemic, that Jesus Christ really is the Son of God, who was crucified for you to pay the debt you owe on your behalf and then rise from the dead. Read the Bible for yourself. If you know some Christians, reach out to them. Any churches that are in your area, find out who Jesus is, that you will come to know the truth, and truth is in Jesus Christ. If you're still listening, you may be sitting there overwhelmed with all the information that we've been sharing with you about what's really going on behind COVID-19. And you're wondering about what God is actually doing above it and what you should do about it. Well, I'd like to pray for you first. Can I do that? Father, we come to you and we take authority over all the fear, over all the confusion in the minds of the people that have been listening to this. And we just release light and revelation of who Jesus Christ is. I pray that God will intervene in your life, that you will encounter him, that your fear will be gone, that he will provide for you and your family the things that you need. And most importantly, bring you into relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. You know, to have a relationship with Jesus, all you got to do is sincerely pray and believe and give him your heart. I'm going to pray. And if you want to receive Jesus into your heart, just pray this prayer. God, forgive me of my sin. I'm sorry for what I've done that's wrong. I thank you that Jesus Christ died on the cross, that I can be forgiven 
And today I receive that forgiveness and I turn from my sin and I put my trust in him. Jesus, come into my life, be my Lord, lead me, guide me, and help me. In Jesus' name I pray. Now what do you do next? I would encourage you just to talk to God every day, tell him what you need, what you're struggling with, and begin a relationship with him. Find a Bible and read it. And he will talk to you through that, through the Bible. And also find some Christians that love Jesus. You may know some from work, from school, from wherever. Reach out to them. If you don't know any Christians, find a church somewhere. I believe God will lead you to fellow believers that will help you and encourage you. We all need that. Thank you for listening.